Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Catholic Spectrum. And this week, and each week, I talk about topics related to Catholicism, autism, and pop culture. And this week, I'm going to talk about Disney's DuckTales reboot, which I just finished watching. I'll give you the pros and cons, and whether I think anyone else should watch the show. Before I begin, a special announcement. I'm sure you heard over the weekend that Neil Young has pulled his music from Spotify. And in the, and in the process of that, some other artists have also, have also jumped on board. Joni Mitchell, who has been a friend of Neil Young for years. Um, Sebastian Bach. Nils Lofgren, I think it's how you say his name. And... The Gang of Four. Now, The Gang of Four is, is a special case because Andy Gill, the lead singer, died last year. And um, as a result, his widow got the rights to their music. Um, so she also joined in solidarity. And so because of that, that's how we got, how... Um, the Gang of Four's music got lost. And also, a pen, a podcast platform that I follow, Pendant Productions, has also decided to sever ties with Spotify this week as well. Now, I'm in a special situation. Anchor, which I use to make this show, is a partner with Spotify. If I, I cannot stop Anchor from distributing me on Spotify. But I have decided that if you follow me on Facebook, you will not see the Spotify link to my show. You will see other links. You will see maybe Podcast Addict or Google or something like that. I haven't quite worked out which other means I will use. But I will not share the Spotify link anymore. I do not. If I decide to, to stop broadcasting my show completely, then that's not the way to do things. I cannot counter what's going on. I do not support Joe Rogan's views. I think I think giving people the correct information about the pandemic is important. I have actually spoken out against the anti-vaccine movement, which he supports in a previous episode. But I just figured I'd better start by telling you folks this, that going forward, I cannot change where my podcast is distributed, but I can express my displeasure. In fact, I am actually considering, I am actually in the process of eliminating Spotify from my devices and either A, going back to using Pandora, which I used before I switched to Spotify, or B, just use YouTube. So I just thought I'd start off by telling you folks this before I get back to my show. Before I start my show, Anyway, let's start the show. To start the history of DuckTales, I'm going to start by talking about the history of DuckTales. And the best place to start is to roll back the clock to the 1940s when Carl Barks started working on Disney Comics after having left the animation department and created Uncle Scrooge. Scrooge is me, Donald Duck's rich nephew. I mean, uncle, excuse me, not nephew. Um... 
For the longest time, Scrooge McDuck, the richest duck in duck meat. Scrooge McDuck was the rich is the richest duck in Duckburg, and has a whole and has a giant money bin full of all his earnings. He has businesses all over the world, and he actually employs Donald Duck and his nephews Huey, Dewey, and Louie on his adventures. Carl Barks was a big fan of National Geographic and of, and would often use National Geographic as inspiration for his for his adventures. After Carl Barks retired, Don Rosa took over, and I think he is the. I mean, and I don't know if he's re, if Don Rosa himself has retired, but Don Rosa also added to the lore, resulting in a comic book called The Life and Adventures of Scrooge McDuck. The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. Excuse me. Um. I was a, I am a big fan of Scrooge, of Uncle Scrooge. I used to read the comic regularly. I haven't been able to find the uh, recent copies of the comic, mostly because I don't have a comic book shop near me. I use Hoopla for my comic book reading, and even then, in even in that sense, my comic book reading is quite limited. Um, but I used to actually have subscriptions to Uncle Scrooge and later Uncle Scrooge Adventures. When Duck, by the time DuckTales showed up, Disney had actually started playing around with um, doing comic book, doing cartoons. They'd done a show called The Wuzzles that didn't do very well. I think it only lasted one or two seasons, somewhere around there. Um, they did The Gummy Bears, which lasted six seasons. And they also did The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which only lasted two. Now, of these, you cannot find the Wuzzles on Disney+. Plus. So if you want to find out what that's like, you're out of luck. Um, but the rest of these, you can't. DuckTales is based on the adventures of Uncle Scrooge and his family. But there, And in fact, many of the episodes are actually lifted right from the comics. Or at least use the comics for inspiration. The show ran. The show originally ran for three seasons and was then revived as part of the Disney Afternoon, which was a two-hour block that had many old and new Disney shows. I could actually do a whole show just on the Disney Afternoon itself and how it changed over the years. I was a big fan of these shows and would watch them every weekday. In fact, I would actually try to program my schedule my homework around them so that I could finish the home so that I could hopefully finish my homework before which before the show that that I like best finished. I didn't watch every show, but I watched a lot of them. And DuckTales was one of the first shows to end up on the Disney Afternoon. So I was a big fan of it and when I and in nineteen in two thousand seventeen the show hit its thirtieth anniversary and Disney celebrated in a big way with a reboot. There is always a problem with reboots. There is always a fine line you have to walk with paying, paying respect to the show so that you don't alienate the original the fans of the original, but you can also but in the, at the same time you have to make sure you don't lose the new fans. I feel like the best reboots are ones that do not alienate either group, either the old fans nor the new fans.
I think a great example of that is My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. This reboot, I would say, is right up there with My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. It's one of the best reboots I have ever seen. And I think this should be the standard for reboots going forward. Everyone should look at this and My Little Pony Friendship is Magic and see the right way to reboot a show. I don't see anything wrong with rebooting something as long as you pay respect to the original version. So with that out of the way, why don't I talk about... So when the show debuted in 2017... Disney started out by post by posting the pilot episode on YouTube on their Disney on their own YouTube channel. That was part one of their hype. The second part of their hype was putting it on for 24 hours straight on Disney XD. For those who don't know, Disney XD is the Disney Channel's sister channel. It was launched sometime after the, the launching of Cartoon Network and originally called Toon Disney in an attempt to compete with Cartoon Network. Um, then a few years later, they called themselves Disney XD. Sort of like how Sci-Fi Channel changed the spelling of their name. Unlike the spelling of the... And just like that, I don't like that they call themselves Disney XD now, but I've accepted it more because at least Disney XD still adheres to its business model. Not like the Sci-Fi Channel. So the pilot went on for aired for twenty four hours straight, and I watched it on both YouTube and Disney XD, and I really like what I and overall I like the changes that I, mean, I liked what the Disney I mean, what the reboot did to Ducktales. So I'm going to be going through both pros and cons. And tell you what I think of the whole the show overall. So let's get started with the good stuff. So the first thing I like about the show is the voice cast. The voice cast for DuckTales is top notch. We have, among the regulars, David Tennant, Tony Anselmo, because you gotta have Tony Anselmo to do Donald Duck's voice. Keith Ferguson, Catherine Tate, Michelle Gomez, and these are just the names I recognize. There are also some names I don't recognize that also bring their A-game. We've even got the current voice of Mickey Mouse not doing Mickey Mouse. So, this... This cast is really good, and they do a great job of bringing their A-game. I cannot think of anyone who could do Uncle Scrooge better than David Tennant, especially since the original voice actor, Andy Young, is no longer with us. I should tell you folks how Tony Anselmo landed the role of Donald Duck, because he wasn't the original person to get that role. That, role, that person would be Clarence Nash. Clarence Nash was actually still working with Disney by the time Tony Anselmo came on board. He was actually wanting to come on board as an animator, but Clarence Nash became friends with Tony Anselmo and actually taught him how to do the Donald Duck voice. Because let's face it, because speaking as someone who's tried it, Donald Duck's voice is not easy. Okay? 
So he wanted someone to be a successor, and he picked Tony Anselmo. And at the and um, this brings up to another thing I like about the show. Donald Duck is a more prominent character in this version. In the original version, he was written. He was all but written out by joining by joining the Navy. And I never liked that, but in hindsight, I understand why they did it. They did it because they didn't want to take the spotlight away from Scrooge. And they knew that if they kept Donald Duck in the story, that would eventually happen. Another reason was, as I said, Tony and someone was just starting the role of Donald Duck. And they wanted him to kind of ease into it. They didn't want to dump the whole responsibility on him. Now, Donald Duck... Still doesn't show up all the time. There's still quite a lot of episodes where Donald Duck doesn't make an appearance in this show. That's always bound to happen anyway with any show like that has an ensemble cast. But I just chalked that up to the fact that Tony isn't playing Donald Duck just on DuckTales. He's also on other things where Donald Duck shows up, like the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. So... It might just also be a scheduling issue. The second thing I like is what they did to the nephews. Now, this version of DuckTales is not the first version to give the nephews a personality. That would go to Quackpack. But my problem with Quackpack is Quackpack was focus grouped. And as a result, the, the personalities that were given to the nephews weren't here, they are fully independent and fully realized characters. Huey is the more organized, somewhat borderline OCD. In fact, I've often wondered if Frank wanted to make him autistic the way they, they characterize him, especially in the third season. Each of the three seasons of the show focuses on a specific nephew. Dewey gets an arc in... The first season, Louie gets an arc in the second season, and Huey gets an arc in the third season. And actually, even though they don't, even though they get their, they each get a specific season, they do get some development throughout the show as well. So Huey, as I said before, is the OCD one of the group, the leader of the group. He's the only one that doesn't get I me mean, that still has some elements of his original character. He's the only one who still wears a baseball cap. He's the only one who's still a junior woodchuck. The others don't have any interest in junior woodchucks at all. And he's also the most intelligent. He's the most book smart of the group. Um, the others actually, and they're all very kind to each other, by the way. And we also learn in the show that Huey, Dewey, and Louie are actually nicknames. Huey's real name is Hubert, Dewey's real name is Deuteronomy, and Louie's real name is Llewellyn. Just a little something I figured I should should uh, add later on, add some things. Dewey is the most enthusiastic of the nephews. He loves adventure. And he's always saying, let's Dewey this! And he's kind of overconfident. And he's a pretty interesting, and I think he's one of the best of the nephews. Then we have Louie. Out of all of the nephews, Louie is the one who gets developed the most. He starts out a con artist. And uh, through and beginning in the second season, Scrooge takes Louie under his wing and starts to teach him how to use his abilities in a more honest way. 
Because Scrooge McDuck has always believed that he made his fortune being, as he puts it, smarter than the smarties and tougher than the toughies. And that he deserves every penny because he made it square. This is something that he passes on to, to Louis, that it's okay to play tricks, but do it in an honest way. And this works on Louis. Louis slowly begins to realize that he can't bend the rules all the time, that sometimes he has to work within the system and outside the system at the same time, and he has to think of others. I'll, get, I'll explain more of that in a little bit, because there is something else I want to talk about later on concerning his art. Then there is Webby. Webby was a character that I felt was not annoying, but still bland. I should talk about the way Webby was created originally. After the nephew, after Huey, Dewey, and Louie were created in the original Disney shorts, Disney decided to give other characters younger counterparts. Mickey Mouse got Morty and Ferdy. Goofy got a kid of his own, who eventually became Max and, and appeared on Goof Troop. And even Daisy got three nieces named April, May, and June. In the process of creating DuckTales, they wanted to get a female demographic going, so they decided to create a whole new character, Webby. The original Webby was created by combining April, May, and June into one character. And not much else. She was just bland. So both Webby and Mrs. Beakley were changed a great deal, and they were made better characters because of it. Webby is a much more realized character. She may seem a bit similar to um, Mabel Pines on Gravity Falls, if you're, if you're familiar with that, but the comparisons really aren't really may or may not be warranted. As someone who has watched Gravity Falls, I can, I can see why everyone is pointing to that. But I can also see that they're not completely drawing on Gravity Falls for inspiration. There's a few, I mean, there are, a, I don't want to get into specifics because then I'd be talking about Gravity Falls too, and I don't want to do that. But there may be some inspiration from Mabel Pines, but I don't think that's the only source of inspiration. Um... Mrs. Beakley is cha was changed from just a standard nanny to a partner of Scrooge McDuck's. It's revealed in the first season that Scrooge used to work for Shush, an FBI-like organization that was introduced as part of Darkwing Duck. Now, actually, Shush does first appear in DuckTales because they wanted to do a backdoor pilot called Double O Duck. Double O Duck eventually became Darkwing Duck, so having shush appear in this reboot actually does make sense if you consider that. In fact, this reboot actually merges Darkwing Duck into DuckTales canon. Originally, that was not the case. Even though Launchpad McQuack appeared on both shows, they were not meant to be connected to each other. And the way they do this is brilliant. They start out by having Darkwing Duck be its own separate show-within-a-show type thing that Launchpad is a fan of. And this actually is supposed to mirror 
how the original, how the fans of the original should look at the show. Actually. So that's another change that now other Disney shows are are considered canon to DuckTales. And Darkwing Duck isn't the only one. Tailspin is also considered canon because in the pilot episode, they actually mention Cape Suzette, which is where Tailspin takes place. And they also have Don Carnage, who is a, who is a recurring villain on DuckTales, show up on... Um, DuckTales. And they also have cameo appearances from Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. There's even a reference to gargoyles in the I mean, a very subtle blink and you miss it reference in the finale. So I like that they combined Darkwing Duck and DuckTales. Tailspin, I didn't I, I thought that was kind of weird that they did that, but it, but the way they did it really were, was actually not a bad way to do it. Because I personally didn't think they should have been connected, but I liked the way they did it. Um, let me see, what else did I like? Oh yeah, um, I also liked the way they changed up Magicka Dispel. Magicka Dispel wasn't much of a, wasn't that competent of a villain, but they made her so much better. And Catherine Tate is just excellent as Magicka Dispel. They made her kind of similar to, um, the mother in and Rapunzel. So she's always gaslighting Lena in the show. And, um, just like, the mother in Rapunzel would always gaslight Rapunzel. She's a very, she's a pretty abusive um, mother, to use the term loosely. They also introduced some major characters who were unique to the show, like Mark Beeks, who is a more modern villain. I like the idea of this, since the, since most of the villains really couldn't be updated, so just create a whole new villain, too. And Mark Beeks is a perfect addition to it, because he's a more, because he's totally technolized, because I mean, he's a technology-based villain. He's kind of based on Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg. In fact, they wanted to call him Mark Duckerberg, but they thought the name was a little too on the nose, so they called him Mark Beeks instead. Mark Beeks will either annoy you or amuse you. There is no in-between. Um, another great character they introduced was Violet Saberwing. I'm going to talk more about her when I get to the parts I don't like because there's something about her that I don't like. Um, she becomes a friend to Webby, and that helps out me, and that helps the plot along. And I and since I mentioned Lena, I should talk about her. Lena is actually a composite character. She is. She starts out being inspired by the by an episode of the original series where. Magicka Dispel animates her shadow. But we later learned that, but in that very first episode, we also learned that she's a canon character because she's also partly Mimi, I think is her name. Um, Mimi is Magicka Dispel's niece who was introduced in the comics. I haven't read her appearances, by the way. I've, 
fallen out of the Disney comics because of my having a comic book shop near me. So, um, Lena is a is a shadow creature who who it just really starts out as a pawn, but through her friendship with Webby, she starts to realize she doesn't want to be a pawn; that she wants to be a fully realized person. And Webby helps, and Webby at first inadvertently influences her into that decision, and then eventually. Lena starts to rebel by the end of the first, and by the end of the first season, she has completely turned her back on Magica and pays the price. I really like that these, and yes, in case you haven't noticed, that's another big change. The original DuckTales did, would, would occasionally go into arcs, but the arcs would, by using, by doing a multi-parted episodes, the first the pilot episode itself was a five-part pilot. That was kind of a thing in the 80s. And Disney wasn't the only one doing it. But for the most part, the original DuckTales' episodes would be one and done. Even the ones that were multi-part episodes didn't have any continuity. But here, everything has continuity. And that's actually something I want to bring up for the things I don't like. Um... I mean, this is sort of a commonplace thing, so having DuckTales do it makes sense. It's just following that trend. And for the most part, the show follows its I mean, follows the arc format very well. There are a few, there are some episodes that stand alone here and there, but even the ones that stand alone still still connect to whatever main arc is going on. Maybe not 100%. Maybe there's a few things here and there. But for the most part, they do connect to each other. So, what don't I like? And another thing I like about... And another character change I like is Doofus. At first, I didn't like what they did with Doofus, but I started... But it wasn't until the show ended that I started to understand why the change was necessary. Doofus, like Webby, was another bland character. In fact, he was annoyingly bland. I hated Doofus. And when I saw that he came back, I was ready to hate him. That he was in this version, I was ready to hate him here too. But, I, I mean, especially the way they created him. Because I didn't like the idea of Doofus being evil even more, any more than I liked the fact that Doofus just existed. But I soon realized Doofus is meant to be a foil for Louis. Louis is basically, Doofus is basically what Louis could be if he kept, if he didn't change. If he, if Scrooge McDuck didn't tape Louis under his wing, he would still consider, he would still consider everyone to be just people he can use. Thanks to Scrooge, he starts to realize that he can't do that, especially with his own family. In fact, there are some episodes where he takes, where he's actually using his talents as a con artist to good means. He helps me to help out his family. He helps out Donald and Louis, Donald and Dewey in one episode, and Scrooge McDuck quite a few times, especially in the life and trials, I mean, the life and crimes of Scrooge McDuck. That's where he helps out a big time. 
And I think that should be noted that the that the Louis that we meet at the beginning probably wouldn't have done either of those things. So I was originally going to put Doofus in the con section, but as I was writing my notes, I realized I should put him in the pros section just because of how well it was done. In fact, in fact, Doofus was actually based on the episode of The Twilight Zone, It's a Good Life, where we have a little boy who can make his wishes come true. Now, Doofus doesn't have that ability, but he's still pretty creepy in his own right. So, let's talk about what I don't like next. Now for the stuff that I don't like. First of all, this is kind of an arbitrary thing, but it's also a very important thing. As I said, this show has an arc. And Disney flubbed that up on when they aired the show on Disney XD. It also carried over to the Disney Plus block, I mean, to the Disney Plus app. But they eventually fixed it. And that is that the first season was aired out of order. And the order that it was intended to be aired helps big time because it paces things better and we get a better introduction to the characters, especially with concerning Lena's arc. Um, I didn't like, the, I mean, and I didn't like finding out that the episodes were aired out of order especially since I found out it was that there was a point to the order. But I am pleased to announce that Disney Plus airs the order correctly. Another thing I don't like is the is Launchpad. I really wish they'd left Launchpad alone. Launchpad was fine in the original and in and in Darkwing Duck. Yes, he was stupid in both versions. I realized that. But he was also often showed signs of brilliance in his own special way. Here he doesn't show much of that. He gets better once the once Darkwing Duck starts to do his crime fighting. He starts to act more like the launch pad that I know and love. But I really feel like they shouldn't have changed him at all. Another thing I don't like concerns Violet Saberwing, who I talked about earlier in the prose section. When Violet was introduced, Frank Angones, the showrunner, got on Twitter. He, he's, he was actually going on Twitter pretty regularly to connect with the fans. I like that when creators do that. And um, he told the fans that Violet has gay parents. He had, they are the same gender. And I was actually intrigued by this idea. I like when shows actually try to have characters who are queer. Because I happen to be asexual, and asexual is part of the rainbow that makes up LGBTQ. But I have to say, I wish they had done this better. Because when they finally did introduce Violet's parents in the third season... We didn't learn their names. We didn't learn anything about them. They were just in the background, wearing shirts that say, I'm with Dad, and pointing to each other. That's it. That's all we get to find out about them. We only, Like I said, we don't even get to find out their names. I had to look up their names. For the, for the curious, their names are Indigo and, T and Tidale. There's a theme naming going on with all three of these characters. They're all named after colors. 
just a little something I thought I should point out. Um, now, they did do better with the introduction of Penumbra, a character who was introduced midway through the second season as a friend of Della Duck. I should, put, I should have put Della Duck in the prose section as well, so I'll bring it up here. Della is um, the mother of the nephews, and Della is actually a somewhat new character. She was introduced in the comics, but she has never made an appearance on television until now. And I really like the arc that they did with her learning how to be a parent. Anyway, Penumbra is a character that we meet on the moon. And she helps Della escape to Earth. And becomes and actually becomes Della's friend as a result of helping her. After defending Earth from her people, Penumbra is stuck. She doesn't real she doesn't know what she wants to do. And Launchpad wants to be her boyfriend. Or at least that's what it seems like. And eventually Penumbra is quite awkward with this with the idea all throughout. And I really like the way that they show us that she's lesbian. She just she accepts Launchpad. She tries her best to deal with it, and then she finally just gives up and tells Launchpad that she doesn't mind being his friend, but she doesn't feel attracted to him. She just says, I don't like men. And that, and Launchpad accepts it. I think that was a great idea for how to do a queer character. Now, don't tell me that they couldn't do it, because that they couldn't develop Violet's parents more, that they might have gotten some parents upset, because, frankly, I think we I think we shouldn't care what the parents think because the parents are always going to object to queer characters being in children's stories in children's entertainment. That's always going to happen, so we should just not even bother with concerning how the parents are going to react. No, I think they just plain messed up. But like I said, they did better with Penumbra. And they could have done, and there have been shows that have that have actually handled this whole thing very well. Shira, for example, handles it very well. For example, um, as one example that I can bring up that I've seen, there may be some others that I don't know about. Um, I also didn't like that there were only three seasons, but I understand why that happened. So I won't. Um, have that much of a problem with it. Besides, the finale is great. It's excellent. It's one of the best series finales I've ever watched. So, if they were, if they really were going to end it from the end it as a three in three seasons like they did, then this was the best way to do it. It ties up everything, but it also leaves some loose ends behind, and not just the fact that everyone's still alive counts as a loose end, but there's still some stuff that seems to imply that there still could be more coming. Maybe they'll do another move. Maybe they'll do a movie for this like they did with the original DuckTales. That would be great. But yes, this DuckTales is among the best reboots ever. If you have not seen it and you own Disney+, Plus, do yourself a favor and watch it there. Yes, it also airs on Disney XD. All of the fam 
all a lot of the stuff that's on Disney Plus still airs on Disney XD and on the Disney Channel itself. Not everything is exclusive to Disney Plus. But I would recommend watching on Disney Plus because at least Disney Plus gets the order right. So, yes, I think it should be watched. I think it's perfect for fans of the original. It's also perfect for people who have not even seen the original. Um, I have a relative who watches it, and I am happy to share my love for the show with her. Because it gives us something in common. So that's it about the show. Let's wrap things up and I'll tell you what to expect next week. Next week, I will be talking about... I will be doing another segment of, the Saint, of my favorite saints and I'll be talking about St. Paul. I chose to do this because I am close to wrapping up The Chosen. But, in fact, next week I'll be on the final episode of Season 2. But I don't want to talk about season about season two right away, even though I've talked about season one. I do still want to talk about season two, but I want to give myself time to write up my thoughts on the show. So I figured by talking about St. Paul, that would give me the time I need to get into do things about that as well. So that's going to be next week. Thank you for what for listening to the Catholic Spectrum. If you want to find past episodes of the Catholic Spectrum, you can you can listen to them on your favorite podcast app. Yes, I am still on Spotify. I can't change that, but you can also find me on Google, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Podcast Addict, which is a great podcast app. Um, Stitcher, I believe, has me as well. You can follow me on Facebook at Jason Thayer. You can follow my email address is RadicalEdwardJWT at gmail.com. And I'm also on Discord, where you can find me as Radical, as capital R, Radical, that's just radical. Um, and then Edward, and there's a cap, and then Edward with a capital E, and there's a space between both words. And the hashtag is hashtag 7597. And remember, everyone, normal is just a setting on the washing machine. We don't get to be normal. See you around.